0: Rookie Podcast. Today is January 30th, 2022, and I'm your host, William Harris, aka William is Bill. Great to be back with you guys for another amazing episode of the All Rookie Podcast. On this special edition episode, I'm going to go over my top 15 rookies of the year thus far. And if you're not familiar with the All Rookie Podcast, what I do is every draft season, fans, The world, the NBA world, is fascinated with the rookies and the draft season. Who's going to go where? Who's going to top ten? Who's in the lottery? Who's in the first round? But when draft season is over, all those rookies that we care so much about are completely forgotten about. So with this show, I follow that rookie class the whole season long, track the progress, uh, go over who's the top, who's, you know, Playing well, playing not well, not playing, playing in the G League, everything that encompasses these rookies from this draft class, whether it's undrafted rookies, uh, players that have that are twenty three years old, but it's their first year in the seasons and in, in the league, so it's still rookies like Kiefer Sykes, it's guys like that, Mary Yurt seven, but I follow them the whole year long because. Normally, you only hear about those top 5, 10 rookies, and the other 50 that are important, you know, you never hear from again unless they turn into a star somehow. But those players are very relevant, and they are impactful players. And in this draft class, which was really deep and full of talent, and they are players that need to be mentioned more, talked about more. So I follow them all year long. And so today I'm going into my top 15 rookies thus far to this point in the season. And, you know, you just have to keep in mind there are still a lot of rookies that are super talented that have not even gotten an opportunity to play yet. For instance, Moses Moody, drafted 14. Uh, you say Trey Murphy, he's played a little bit, but it's not as much as he should. You know, it's, it's a lot of players. Jared Butler for the Utah Jazz. Super talented, hasn't played much yet at all. So there's a lot of players that are super talented. They won't make the top 15 because they haven't played much yet. Josh Primo as well. But that's, this is not a referendum for visiting my top 15 rookies for this class forever, <laughs> just up to this point. But this is really deep class and I'm very excited to get into it. So let's go. Let's get straight to it like there's nothing to it. Okay, first on my list, You know, I have to go with Evan Mobley, the third pick in the draft for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Right now, he is averaging 15 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, no, 8.1 rebounds per game, excuse me, 2.6 assists per game, 0.7 steals per game, and 1.7 blocks per game, which is incredible. And that number was higher early in the season. It's dropped down a little bit. But he is literally putting up all-star numbers. Uh, For periods of time, he has put up all-star numbers. That production has dropped a little bit, but he's still a dominant force for the Cleveland Cavaliers. And he's looking like he definitely should have been at least the second pick in the draft. It's debatable whether he or Cade should have went first. I still think Cade should have went first, but Evan Mobley definitely is making his case for (laughs) 1B. <laughs> but he's been incredible for this Cleveland Cavaliers team. A lot of people were curious if the fit would work with uh, Jared Allen. And, you know, they have a big lineup there in Cleveland, but it's been working tremendously. He's been fitting in great with them. And obviously, he, they have a great record right now. So he's helping them win games. You know, for being a seven footer, Evan Mobley moves with ease on defense. You know, he can guard point guards, he can guard centers at times, you know, he's very flexible, light on his feet, he can switch uh, on defenders, and so he's just incredibly valuable to what the Cavs are doing on both sides of the court, you know, and their defense was 25th last year, and this year, it's in the top 10, so it's just a A huge point that, you know, Isaac Okoro as well is helping with that. But Evan Mobley is just playing incredible. And that's why he is the leading candidate for rookie of the year and number one on my list for top 15 rookies to this point for this season. Number two on my list, I have to go with Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham is, you know, he started off slow coming into this season because he was coming off with an injury. So his shooting percentage was bad. A lot of things were bad. Points per game were bad. But after he got ramped up at around that third game, he started really, really ramping it up, and he's been playing excellent. And he's not just a player that puts up points like another player we'll get to later, <clears throat> Jalen Green, but he's more of an all-around player. You know, right now he's averaging 16 points per game. rebounds, 5.3 assists, and 1.3 steals, and 0.7 blocks per game. So that production all around is just incredible. He's had some game winners. He's had some 30-plus point performances. He just really has to get to the point where he is 100% consistent every game that he plays Uh, because some games you see, whoa, did Jason Tatum get traded to the Pistons? No, that's Cade Cunningham uh, with a hint of Luca Doncic. you know, this were the type of comparisons we were hearing before the season started. And everyone was like, Whoa, that's a little, that's a little much, but you are seeing that on the court in Detroit, you know, right now he is the main focal point of that offense and it's a bad team, you know? So he is being allowed to try things, you know, on the offensive side, um, And fail and not fail, you know, players that are there, veterans, to help him out, Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, have been injured and out for a while. So they are due back. Kelly Olenek just came back, but he's out again, I believe, COVID protocols. When they are back, I think that will help K play even better. And, I mean, he's playing great, especially for a rookie. But that should only help K. You know, he may get a shot or two less but having those, that veteran presence on the floor and talented players at that should only help him play better. Uh, you know, he's definitely positively act, impacting the Pistons on the floor. You know, they're five points better when he's out there. And, you know, so that's good with the plus minus. He's he's great on – he's playing great defense as well, you know, um, but his passing has just been incredible. And he plays, honestly, like a veteran out there. You wouldn't think he was a rookie, just how smooth he plays. And, you know, he brings the ball up the court. He can play the one, two, or the three. And he's just a very talented player for this team. And his shooting has been well, great as well. It was a little scary at first. But like I said, it's been a lot better since the beginning of the season. So, Kay Cunningham, in my opinion, Still was not the wrong pick because he still has room to grow and he will be even better. But you're seeing signs of an all star for sure already with Cade. Now, number three on my list, this is where it starts to get interesting a little bit. But I'm gonna go with Scotty Barnes. That's my guy, Scotty Barnes, one of my favorite players in this draft. During draft season, you know, before the draft occurred, I said Scotty Barnes has. Giannis like potential. He has all the features and assets of Giannis. And you know, and Giannis but he was, you know, a little in better, a better size than Giannis, you know, as in not being so skinny. So he just had to do the hard work and develop, and we will see if he could get there. So far, I mean, wow, he started out better than Giannis in his rookie season so far. He's been playing incredible, and Scotty Barnes is averaging almost 15 points per game. rebounds per game 3.5 assists one steal and 0.9 blocks pretty much one block a game his production has been incredible and you know if he hadn't had some knick-knack injuries here or there and out with cover protocols here and there he was right there with Evan Mobley in the beginning of the season for rookie of the year favorites he has dipped down a little bit lately but like for the most part, he was leading he was a leading scorer for rookies, you know, until like the last month. So hopefully there's no more missed games for Scotty Barnes. Uh like say compared to Franz Wagner who's played all 49 games, Scotty Barnes has played 38. So if no more missed games, I believe he can climb back up to that, you know, competitive area for rookie of the year because Not only is he scoring well, not only is he on a good team, but he's filling that stack category in multiple areas. And that's just what he is all about, you know. And he's a team first player. He cares about winning, making the hustle plays, and you gotta love it. He can guard all five positions. You know, he's averaging three offensive rebounds per game, which is number one amongst all rookies. And it's 15th in the entire league. So, you know, he's just the type of player that you love on your team. Everyone wants that length is incredible. And, you know, he's a great teammate. He brings that enthusiasm to the um, to the Raptors that desperately needed it, especially, you know, they're playing in a lot of empty stadiums because of COVID protocols and all that. So, Scotty Barnes is my number three guy for sure. Number four, this one was tough. Four and five are pretty much 4A and 4B, but I'm going to go with Josh Giddy. I know Orlando Magic fans are killing me right now, but I'm going with Josh Giddy. He's averaging 11.5 points per game, 7.4 rebounds per game, six assists per game, one steal per game, and almost a half block per game. And it's just that all-around production is just incredible. I mean, he is an elite rebounder for a point guard, 7.4 rebounds. I mean, Evan Mobley averages 8.1. He's a power four side center. Josh Giddey's averaging 7.4. He's a tall point guard. So, I mean, he's playing incredible. The He has the six assists, which leads to all rookies. And that only can get better, I feel. I believe when he gets more of a feel of a game, that's just only going to get better. And the only knock right now for Josh Giddy is his shooting, uh, which he has improved on because he was not a good shooter at all overseas. And right now, I mean, his three-point shooting is still bad, but he's putting up, he, his shot looks a lot better than it did. You know, he's taking a lot of good shots. He is missing a lot of them, <laughs> but, you know, he's still progressing along very well. And if that shot comes along, I mean, look out. This guy has been lights out and just great to see for this team. And if he went to the perfect team because he's able to, you know, try things to fail, succeed. And you know, he's not gonna get pulled from the game, you know, because like Jonathan Kaminga would for the Warriors, he has free reign to learn fully on the job and he's doing a great job. You know, OKC's not trying to win necessarily right now, they're trying to develop and get high draft picks so that's all it is right now and Josh Giddey who I had no expectations for well if you I would say low expectations for I did not think he was going to have a good season I did not think he was gonna you know transition to the NBA smoothly at all and he has very much so so I'm very proud of Josh Giddy and I will admit that I was wrong on that one He's been playing incredible, similar to LaMelo Ball, just without the fluidity and the jump shot. But OKC has to be happy about this find that they have in Josh Giddy. Now, number five, finally, Orlando Magic fans. I have to go with Franz Wagner, <laughs> who has, like I said, played pretty much every game, 49 games played, averaging 15 and a half points per game, almost five rebounds per game three assists per game, one steal per game, and a half a block per game. Now, part of the reason I have him fifth is the Magic are horrible. (laughs) You know, OKC is not great, but the Magic are horrible. And he is the focal point and has been the focal point by far for this team because not only are they bad, but everyone has been injured on this team. I mean, and you know, there are still players that have not played this season thus far, like Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, and then we've had Jalen Suggs, his counterpart, injured. We've had Cole Anthony out for a while. Mobama's been out. Uh, Wendell Carter's been, I mean, everyone has been out for this team, which has allowed Franz Wagner to be the consistent one that's there and getting opportunities on offense and playing decent on defense. So, Say if Jonathan Kaminga was on this Magic team, I believe he would be averaging 15 and a half points per game five rebounds, da, 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 da. possibly more. It's a lot of Franz Wagner's production is opportunity, but I will say he has taken advantage of all these opportunities and succeeded. So, you know, he, the Magic are 10.4 points better when Franz Wagner is on the floor compared to when he's not um so you know he has the second most assist on the team and and, you know they have a lot of point guards so that's very important and good um but you know he makes the right passes he's just doing everything right and he is he and Evan Mobley are the most consistent players day to day every game um he just you can book it for basically 15 and 5 every game and you know he's just Playing like he was at Michigan, which I did not think was going to translate as well. Same as Josh Giddy. I did not think Franz Wagner was going to translate. I thought he was barely a first-round pick, honestly. I see him as a role player, but I have to give it to him. He's been playing incredible, and for him to be even be in a conversation of a top-five rookie right now is hats off to him. We will see if this team ever gets fully healthy, ever gets uh good <laughs> if he will continue this production. But thus far, he has been incredible. Next on my list, I have to go with a surprise pick. I think, you know, <laughs> a lot of people may not know this name if you're a casual fan, but Herb Jones, he was a second-round pick. He's averaging nine points per game, four rebounds per game, two assists per game, one and a half steals per game, which is elite. That's incredible. One block per game, which is really, really good right there. So Herb Jones for the Pelicans, he came in, and to show you how impressive his rookie season has been, he was a second-round pick. No one thought of him. No one was expecting anything of him. They drafted Trey Murphy in the first round. And not only that, they had Najee Marshall, who was a great find last year, who was an undrafted rookie who played well. And in the summer league, what did you hear about Trey Murphy, Najee Marshall, playing incredible. But when the season started, Herb Jones got an opportunity and he never looked back. He surpassed Najee Marshall and Trey Murphy. And it's been a consistent starter for this New Orleans Pelicans team. And he's been playing great. And he's been in the lineup, at least to start. It was because of his defensive prowess. This is a player that was the defensive player of the year in college. And that defense transitioned uh, greatly to the NBA, and that's what he was out there for. But then being out there so much, and then New Orleans has a great shooting coach, he has been able to develop quite a shot and a little bit of offensive game. So you have to love that. And, you know, he has not looked back. It's very surprising to me. I was like, okay, he's been playing a lot. That's good. But when is Trey Murphy going to play? When is Trey Murphy going to play? Trey Murphy looked incredible in the offseason, and he if he does play, he would get 15 minutes, but Herb Jones is getting 30-plus minutes every night because of that defense. And the Pelicans are a bad team, but they are rolling with Herb Jones, you know, so you've got to love it. He leads all rookies in deflections and steals. Uh, you know, he's just been playing great, and um, lately he's been shooting over 50% from the field. And even 38% from three-point range. And this is that was not expected at all. So that, that tells you that goes to that hard work. And that shooting coach in New Orleans, you have to give a lot of respect to Herb Jones. And he definitely deserves this spot at number six. Now, I'm going to go to number seven right now. And that is going to be a guy you have heard a lot about, Chris Duarte for the Indiana Pacers. He was the 13th pick in the draft. He's been averaging 13.6 points per game, four rebounds per game, two assists per game, one steal per game, and 0.2 blocks per game. He's been having an incredible rookie season for the Indiana Pacers. A lot of his production has depended upon the Pacers lineup. They've had a lot of players in and out of the lineup. You know, before Karis LeVert joined the team because he was out for the first few weeks of the season. It was Chris Duarte time all day. First game came out of the gate with 27 points. And then when Karis Levert came back, Chris Duarte kind of took a back seat to him. So that kind of hurt his production. And, you know, he was a number two option. Well, basically a number four option at that point. Uh, and he just played a role. And then when guys would get hurt again, okay, Duarte's back and scoring a lot of points doing a lot of things for the Pacers, so it's been up and down for him, you know, with Karis Levert, Malcolm Brogdon, in and out of the lineup, TJ McConnell was injured, and it's, then they brought in two rookies, Keeper Sykes, Dwayne Washington, and brought Duarte off the bench, Duarte was injured, and then, you know, there's COVID protocols that throws everyone's season off, and then recently, Duarte's been back, and then, you know, then it's going to go down again, so A lot of his production is going to depend on the trade deadline, what they do. We will see. not sure yet. But Duarte has been a truly impressive rookie. I hate when draft so-called experts kill rookies for their age. If you see a player that is incredible in college, I don't care if he's 22, 23, 24. I mean, study the player. Forget about his age because nobody is really drafting a rookie to be on their team for 15 years. You may draft a guy like Josh Primo. He makes it through that first contract without even playing much. And then he's on another team. You draft a player with a talent. Don't tell me nothing about their age. I'm not trying to hear that. And Chris Duarte is a perfect example. Great rookie season thus far. And it could be better depending on what the Pacers do. So, You know, don't get me started on age and rookies. You know, I go off on a little bit of a tangent. But now my number eight rookie is Omer Seven. Now, he's a player that technically was a rookie last year. He was at OKC, but he pretty much played on the G League squad the whole season. So technically, he didn't play in the NBA. So this year is his first year, and that's why he's a rookie. And, you know, that's that's how it goes. So... uh, (laughs) But thus far, he is averaging six points per game, uh, four and a half rebounds, no, six rebounds, excuse me, one assist, 0.4 steals, 0.5 blocks. Now, a lot of that is because for most of the season, he was playing two and three minutes per game because the Miami Heat had him as their third string center. Now when, because they had Bam Adebayo and they had Dwayne Dedman above him, veterans, understandable. Bam Adebayo got hurt, it was out for about six weeks, and then he was the backup to Dwayne Dedman. And then Dwayne Dedman got hurt, and he was the backup to no one. <laughs> he got that starting role. So, and when he got that starting role, I'm ready at seven, this is what we're talking about here. Uh, he played incredible. He was putting up double doubles every night. Huge rebound numbers. Uh he even broke a record. Uh he is the first rookie since Shaquille O'Neal to have 15 plus rebounds in four straight games. So I mean, not only was he putting up double doubles, he was putting up monster double doubles and it was to the point where he was playing well with the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat were still winning. So When Bam came back, Dwayne Dedman came back, there was talk, will he surpass Dwayne Dedman, be the backup, get more minutes? That has not been the case, unfortunately, but that is no fault of his own. With opportunity, he's been incredible. And if he would have been the starting center for this team all year, he'd be in the rookie of the year conversation. But because of circumstance, he's been placed back into a reserve role where he's playing two minutes a game. So that really sucks for Omer but he definitely showed us his talent and what he can do for this team. And at some point, I still have to believe he's going to overtake Dwayne Dedman for the backup center. But what a great season thus far for all Marriott 7. Out of nowhere. Well, Summer League, he was great. So <laughs> out of the Summer League. Um, okay, we're on the ninth player right now. I'm going to go with, we are finally mentioned the number two pick in the draft, Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs is averaging 13 points per game. Let's see. Not much other stats. (laughs) Four rebounds per game, four assists per game, one steal per game, which is great. Um, And .4 blocks per game. I said Jalen Suggs. I mean Jalen Green. Excuse me. (laughs) We'll get to Suggs in a minute. Jalen Green, 14 points, three rebounds per game, two assists per game. Half steal per game, 0.2 blocks per game. I was reading those decent numbers. I was like, that doesn't sound like Jalen Green. (laughs) Sometimes you get the Jalen's mixed up. But Jalen Green, the number two pick in the draft for the Houston Rockets. You know, he's having a good season as far as points. But other than that, he really needs to work on his efficiency. You know, his field goal percentage is 37%. That is not good. His uh, three-point percentage is 29%. That's not good. And this is for a player drafted for his offensive prowess. Uh, The efficiency is just not great. And that could be because he is on this terrible Houston Rockets team. And he kind of has free reign to do whatever he wants. Um, If he was on a veteran squad or just a better squad, uh, he might fit in more and take better shots. But right now, Houston is kind of a train wreck. But that talent is still there. You can see it. It pops off the screen. But it's looking like he should not have been the second pick in the draft. Still a top 10 pick. But it's going to take some time for him to turn into the player that we really think he can be. A lot of people compare him to Zach Levine still and say, you know, Zach Levine didn't start out great. But a year or two, boom, then it'll hit. And he definitely has that offensive potential. For something like that to happen. So it's not all doom and gloom for Jalen Green in the Rockets. Uh, it's just he has a lot to work on. And but he still can put up 20 any given night. It just depends on the situation. And I love Jalen Green, but he is ninth right now on my list. Number 10, now I would go to Jalen Suggs, you know. <laughs> and Jalen Suggs possibly could have been higher on this list, but a hand injury took him out. Thumb injury took him out for quite a chunk of the season. He's only played 28 games thus far, but he's averaging 13 points per game, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, 0.4 blocks per game. And the only reason he is under Jalen Green is because he missed that much time. Had to give him a little bit of a knock on that, but he's back. And, you know, in the beginning of the season, he was just playing very average alongside Franz Wagner. And the terrible magic. <laughs> but since his hand injury, he has came back and been playing incredible. Like, with a new sense of self, more confident. It was like seeing the, co- seeing the magic play, he already played. Then he had to sit and watch. It's like the, all that has helped him learn what to do, what not to do. And he's playing with just much more vigor, enthusiasm, and some intelligence. So... Jalen Suggs is definitely my number 10 player, and I'll tell you, Jalen Suggs is a player that I said should have went second in this draft. That's how high I think of him, you know, pre-draft, his college tape, truly incredible. He looked like he can be a Damian Lillard or at least a Brandon Roy type of player from his film, so we will see if that will come to fruition. He's on a team with too many guards, so that also hurts him, but the talent is there, and hopefully it will be brought out soon. <laughs> the magic definitely needed. Now, for number eleven on my list, I am going to have to go with Ayo the soon move. Ayo for the Chicago Bulls is averaging seven and a half points per game, two and a half rebounds, two assists, a half steal half block per game those numbers don't sound great but that is because for a lot of the season he was not getting big minutes but he was getting consistently around 15 minutes per game but you see as you have seen recently his production has increased tremendously when DeMar DeRozan was out and when Zach Levine was out he was putting up 20 plus point performances so that shows you what he can do with the opportunity. But right now when a team is fully healthy, he has to play a role. But Alex Caruso is out. Um, so that may allow him to continue to get some good minutes and continue to progress uh, through the season. He won't be able to put up big 20 point performances with Zach and Demar in there. But I think he's shown enough to show he is a great talent in this league. And Given the opportunity, he can be great. Um, pre, pre-draft, I had him as a first-round pick. I had him going around 22nd, I believe, to the Rockets, 22nd, 23rd to the Rockets. I thought they could have used him there. Uh, I believe it, was, it might have been to not the to pick before the Rockets. But anyway, the, that pick was traded, et cetera, et cetera. I had him as a first-round pick. He's displayed. He is worthy of that. But we will see what happens with the rest of the season. But AO has been impressive thus far. For my next player, I have Davion Mitchell. And Davion Mitchell is having a pretty good rookie season. Uh, It could be better, of course, but he's playing well. He's averaging nine points per game. Uh, Two rebounds per game. You want that to be better. Three assists per game. Almost a steal and 0.3 blocks per game. Now he's playing for the Kings. It was a bad fit where he went, but he was not in control of that. He's making the most of what he can do with his opportunity, and you know that's why I have him 12th on the list. Uh, if he was on a team where he was getting more minutes, who knows? You know, it's it's hard to judge right now because opportunity is key, and but when he gets his opportunity. He shows out defensively, especially. Um, We want to see a little more of him showing out offensively, but it is what it is. Um, He's shooting 39% from the field and 30% from three. Decent, we want to see better, though, and I think he can do better. But at this point, Davion Mitchell, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, that four-guard rotation is not working. Trade deadlines coming up soon. They're going to have to do something different, even if it's trade Davion, because this team is not flourishing the way it is. I mean, the Kings are a laughing stock. They just lost by over 50 points. So, what can you do? Next on my list, number 13, I have Cam Thomas for the Brooklyn Nets. Cam Thomas is incredible, but he's an offensive minded level of incredible. He's averaging 8 points per game, only 2 rebounds, 1 assist, half a steal, and those numbers are not impressive at all, but that's Cam Thomas. In college just a scorer, in NBA just a scorer, but he can put up points in bunches and when he's had opportunity, which I thought he would have more of since Kyrie did not play pretty much the first half of the season. Uh, but when he's had his opportunities, he's played great, and when I I mean opportunities, I mean good minutes, Uh, because there's a lot of games he played 10 minutes or so, but when he gets 20 to 30, he shows out. He's hit game winners. He's had 25-plus point games. Recently, he had a 25-plus a 25-point game, and he can do that any given night, but he's on a star-studded team, but right now with KD out, a lot of players for the Nets are out, and when Kyrie is out every other game, Cam Thomas has the opportunity to show you what he can do. I just hope he develops into more of a well-rounded player where he gets some either assists or rebounds. I mean, just get one of them, Cam. But if he doesn't, it is what it is. Um, because you know he's going to be able to put those points on the board. Now, we have gotten down to number 14, And that is for me, Jonathan Kaminga, who was the seventh pick in the draft to the Golden State Warriors. Jonathan Kaminga is averaging seven points per game, two rebounds, a half an assist, a half a steal, and 0.2 blocks per game. Now, those numbers don't seem impressive either, but that's because he's on the great Golden State Warriors. For most of the season, he has not played much. Uh, He's filling a role, he's been in the G League a lot, but when they've had Players injured and like Draymond, uh Otto Porter in and out of the lineup, uh, a lot of guys in and out of the lineup. Clay, obviously. Kaminga has played incredible when he's given the opportunity, sort of like Cam Thomas, uh, but he's put up some 20 point performances, 20 plus point performances, and just shown what he can do all around. I would love for Kaminga to be on a team where he can get a ton of minutes. He would be flourishing. He would be. Uh, in the top 10 rookie conversation, probably top five. I mean, that's a, I truly believe in Jonathan Kaminga. I figured he would, could be a Kawhi Leonard type of player. I had him mocked to go six to OKC. They went with Josh Giddey. Golden State Golden scooped him up at seven, and he's just going to have to patiently wait his time to flourish uh, consistently because Golden State is a winning team, and if he does something wrong. He's going to get pulled from the game. Unlike Josh Giddy and Alperen I mean, uh, Franz Wagner, guys like that who are on bad teams. And they can learn on the fly. But I love Jonathan Kaminga. Can't wait to see more from him. If you have a dynasty league and you can get him, you need to go ahead and get him. Because in a few years, he's going to be incredible. He's already really good. Uh, for my last and 15th spot, Perrin Sengun makes the list, even though <laughs> his team hates him. He makes the list. Alperin Sengun, you know, went 16 to the Rockets in a trade. I had him mocked to go seventh to Golden State. That's how much I believed him in him. You're seeing experts now saying he should have been mocked seven. I said it first. <laughs> or, you know, before the draft, before seeing him in the NBA. But the kicker is he doesn't get that many minutes. He's getting around 18 minutes per game. That's not allowing him to display everything he can do. He's averaging nine points per game, four and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, almost one steal and one block per game. So if those minutes, say, were doubled, think about that. He's playing 18 minutes with nine points and four and a half rebounds. Double that. That's 18 and nine. So that tells you right there, I truly feel he could be doing that. But Houston has his own way of thinking. You know, uh, (laughs) I don't know if they are trying to be stubborn because everyone has been clamoring for Sengun to get more minutes. But, I mean, they've been playing Daniel Tice over him. I mean, come on, Houston. You're going nowhere. What are you doing? But anyway, Sengun does have some issues on defense. But, I mean, the Rockets are a terrible team with good defense at the position or not. So you need to have Sengun in there to develop and learn to get better on defense. Put him in there, see what he can do. And, you know, Tice has been getting a lot of DMPs lately, but Sengun's minutes still have not increased to the point that we want to see. We're going to have to wait for the trade deadline, and it's possible Christian Wood gets moved. Maybe that'll open up opportunity for Sengun. If not, this year just won't be the year for him to break out. But I truly think he has some, some Monte Sabonis type of skill. And that's why I had him marked seventh. And I can see him being a star in the future. You know, if he just keeps working on his game and he's a great young talent, I'm telling you. So he's a guy to look out for in the future as well. And that, that goes over my top 15 rookies thus far. Let me name them one more time real quick in case you forgot, in case you had to step out of the car or whatever you're doing <laughs> and you missed it. But Evan Moley was number one. Kay Cunningham, number two. Jo- Scotty Barnes, number three. Josh Giddy, number four. Franz Wagner, number five. Herb Jones, number six. Chris Duarte, number seven. Omer you're at seven, number eight. Jalen Green, number nine. Jalen Suggs, number 10. Ayo DeSumo, number 11. Davion Mitchell, number 12. Cam Thomas, number 13. Jonathan Kaminga, number 14. And Alperen Singun, number 15. And remember, this is not my redraft list or anything. These are my top 15 rookies thus far in the season. Now, I have some honorable mention rookies because, I mean, I'm telling you, this class is loaded. I could go 30 deep. but Jeremiah Robinson Earl, been playing decent for OKC, up and down, really, up and down. Aaron Wiggins as well for OKC, up and down, up and down. Hopefully they get some consistency there. BJ Boston, every opportunity that he's been given minutes, he's played well for the Clippers. He's really like 15B because he has been very impressive to be especially such a late round pick. Uh, Austin Reeves for the Lakers, he's had some great performances and it looks like he was going to start for that team at some point because he was playing so well. And then other games, he disappeared. So same thing with consistency. Bones Highland, same thing with Denver Nuggets. Truly, truly, truly impressive. And then DMPs or lack of minutes are heard in his game. Kessler Edwards recently with the injury to Kevin Durant with the COVID rampantness with the nets that they had. Kessler Edwards have shown that he is a player. He was a second-round pick, mid-second-round pick, but he's a nice little player for the Nets. Uh, Josh Christopher, Zaire Williams, De'Ron Sharp. I can go on and on and on and on. Quentin Grimes, but I'll stop now. <laughs> but I just love this rookie class. And I just thank you all so much for listening to the All Rookie Podcast. Once again, my name is William is Bill on Twitter. If you like the show, you know, follow me on Twitter. Like, rate, subscribe. To the All Rookie Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Dash Radio. Uh, thank you, Sports Ethos. And until next time, I'm out of here. Peace.